Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Have you noticed that the more you grow, the more accomplishments that you are a part of, the more adulting and moves you make, that you find that you're not as vocal with those moves as you may have once been in your life prior? Like, I generally think that we all came out innately with that Joseph anointing where we wanted to tell every time that God showed me something. Listen, let me tell you the dream that I had. Let me tell you what God downloaded in me. Let me tell you what I feel about my future. Let me go ahead and tell you real quick. I think I met my husband. Let me, the job, and they called me for an interview, but I think I got it. I feel it in my spirit. And I believe we were so open to just share. Why? Because that was part of being a good grandbaby. You share your crayon, you share your coloring book, you share your food. Sharing is caring is what they raised us as, right? But then we realized that as we got older, sharing gave people ammo. That when we shared our most inner thoughts, And the things that may have scared us, the things that we were trying to figure out and sort through, the things that, if we're honest, we were even a little bit hesitant, but we felt like, I think I should go this way. And all all the other different things, the more that we shared, the more people shared their opinion. And unsolicited at some point, sometimes it came at a time that you were like, I wish that you did not say that at this time. <laughs> I wish that you would have just held your peace, okay? The way they say at the good bishop's weddings and things. I just wish that for once you could have just asked another question, made another statement, did something other than put something in my spiritual chat that would have made me have to wrestle with it emotionally. Because I think people forget that uh, someone may already be struggling with something low key. And then here you go adding your own sprinkles to the cake that they're trying to defrost. And now it's like, okay, um, well, maybe I, maybe I shouldn't do A, B, and C. And maybe I, and it is so irritating and irresponsible to add your own flair and your own opinion and your own perspective without ever asking someone so how do you feel in this moment because you need to be able to discern if you're adding something of value or if you're adding another anchor it would behoove you to lean in to how a person is feeling assess where they are actually and to be able to know if you need to take on a Bambi anointing which is if you don't have something to add nice at this particular moment say nothing it would behoove I've realized why God told Joshua three times in less than nine verses be brave and strong Actually, be be brave and very strong. <laughs> and then, oh, oh, yeah, one more again. Um, be brave and strong. And when I had that last conversation with you and I brought up Joshua, I then was like, time out. You know what I respect the most about Joshua? That what God told him in private, he didn't go out to the people that he was then going to be leading and try to convince them of something publicly. 
it wasn't like, hey, listen, g- um, gather the people so that we can have a meeting real quick. Yeah, I just want to, hey, I know y'all had a running with Moses, right? And let me just say something like from the bottom of my heart, I'm not trying to replace Moses, like real talk. But I just want y'all to know that um, I'm coming from a good place. I really feel like this is what God wants us to do. I re- he, sk- he skipped to the good part. Like, I needed to because I'm that kind of grandbaby. He skipped to the good part. God finished talking to him. They went ahead and finished the huddle. He was like, I bet. Yep. Y'all tell them boys to go ahead and, um, yeah, tie their shoes and do whatever they need to be doing. Clean their room up because we're going uh, across in three days. Yeah, and grab their provisions. We need to go. There was no convincing. There was, let me just share from my heart. There was no, let me just kind of like show my hand and show my cards. Cause I know that, you know, Moses could never be replaced and I'm not here to replace. No, he didn't do any of that. He didn't bow down and humble himself so that he can be accepted. It was, this is what we're doing. And this is the amount of time that we're, you need to know that we're going to be going over there in three days. And that's it. All with ears, let them hear period. Because I couldn't imagine if God said all that to Joshua and then somebody else came right behind God singing three times, be brave and strong. Some translations say, be brave and courageous, be brave and very courageous, be brave and courageous. If you didn't get the last one, get the other two. You understand? And someone coming behind that and going, "Ah, I don't think this is a good idea. Like three days. You don't want to just like try like five. I mean, like at least give us like a week to kind of like get used to the transaction transition between you and Moses. Like, but that was hard. Like, I, honestly, like we he's all we knew. All we knew was Moses. So like, get the, I mean, it, the mourning period for our culture is 30 days. At least give us, give us half of that. Give us 15. Let us go ahead and, you know, like get our mind right be able to say our goodbyes and, you know, just make the memories and take the selfies and, you know, like just to just buy into like, wow, this is really it. Like we've been here for so long and that's just it. like, let us get some closure, you know, come on, bro. We don't need that right now. He's trying to be brave and courageous. Him is trying to have the brave and the strongness. And then here you go. With something valid, but with something that goes against what God is trying to do. You do not understand how heavy that can be. And I have multiple examples of it in my own life. So I know you know other grandbabies, including yourself, that had the same. Bro, it got it got to the point that when I met my husband, I, I wasn't opening my mouth to too much more after that because even with being excited, like, hey, I think I I think I, I think the Lord answered my prayer. It was mm, just give it time. And don't do this with him. And don't do that with him. And you know, make sure he blah blah blah. And that and it's like, I'm sorry. Uh if God gave him to me and allow him to see me as wife and we both have God in our hearts, then God has given us the instruction on how to carry out this mission. 
I don't need you telling me who he should not meet and who she, he should be around and when we should be doing A, B, and C. We know the instruction. We knew that if this was going to be a covenant, there were certain things that we couldn't do, okay? And it needed to stay covered. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had to decide very early what kind of grandbabies we wanted to be, and we wanted to be on the other side of getting God's full blessing. Not to say that you don't, but that's between you and the Lord if you did it another way, but we just chose not to do that. Okay, great. And I think people miss that. You go and tell somebody like, mm, I think I'm going to move. And they're like, oh, why are you moving all the way over there? Who you know over there? You got a job there? Oh, what kind of job? Oh, that. And people will question you to the point that you'll start questioning what was told to you. You'll be like, time out. Maybe I am tripping. Maybe I am. Hold on, because you know you've been single for a long time, so yeah, you know you that, that last job did you in, so don't just take any other job and make sure this time, make sure this time when you go, any supervisor who, and people are really thinking that they're giving you ammo, and instead what they're doing is weighing you down with ammunition that God never intended for you to shoot with. I promise you, and we need to stop promising them, when God gives me something, I promise you, he's not going to give you the instruction from my footsteps. I promise you. I promise you he didn't impregnate Mary and then told Elizabeth how Mary should go ahead and carry out the, the task of, of carrying the Messiah. I promise you. I promise you that as Joseph was trying to decide if he wanted to slip out the fiance engagement situation, that Gabriel didn't go to Hezekiah and say, hey, um, I know that you're going to be the father of John the Baptist, but can you like circle back and because uh, you got the whole priesthood thing down pat. Circle back, go tell Joseph um, to not go ahead and let go of Mary because she's actually pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, can you tell him that? Do you know where he lives? Yeah. Two tenths to the left and then the one with the right. Mm -hmm. Can you tell him and tell him that quick because um, it's nighttime. So I think in the morning he thinks it's a wrap. Like, I promise you that's not how God works. I promise you God didn't call Joshua and then tell Caleb, listen, tell Joshua be brave and strong. And then also, wait, tell him it three times so he don't think that. Yeah, because people be like, I don't know if this is me, God, or if this is you. Tell him three times. Right. Also, um, tell him that everything that I gave Moses, I'm going to give him. I promise you God don't work like that. And so what I get confused about is why people think, uh, why you think we need Holy Spirit Jr. and that he's uh, hiring you for the position? And I don't think people are doing it on purpose. I think actually some of that is cultural. Where you are expected to listen to a certain set of people. In certain cultures, it's your parents. In certain cultures, it's your elders. In certain cultures, it's the men of the family. And I think every culture has their own form of bondage because none of it gives access or freeway for God to go ahead and speak to you freely. Everybody thinks that if you just listen to me, I can save you from that heartbreak. If you just listen to me, I can help you with that promotion. If you just listen to me, I can go ahead and give you financial peace. If you just listen to me, I can go ahead and help you 10x your business. If you just listen to me, I can go ahead. And I need people to be very clear because God was clear with me. I am not going to write a plan for your life, have a whole will and perfected will for your life and give someone else the instruction and hope that you get it from them. 
Because that would essentially be God dethroning himself. That would be someone else literally being your sole guide. Then what was the point of the Holy Spirit? And what's the point of God having a plan? And most importantly, what was the point of Calvary? What was the point of all that if another creation was going to go ahead and be leading you another creation? And that's a conversation that I want to have very soon because this whole uh, creation leading creation thing is, is equivalent to me to the blind leading the blind. You can tell someone the outskirts of some things. You can give someone your principles, but don't you dare try to act like you can give someone God's plan for their life. You cannot do that. You cannot determine someone's going to get success because you don't open the door. You open the door that no man could close and you close the door that no man could open. I think not. You are not God. You cannot guarantee that somebody's going to be happy in a marriage. You cannot guarantee that you know what, you follow this and you'll be able to be the best mom or best dad ever. You know what, you go ahead and come to my particular whatever, then you'll get promoted in X amount of days. You cannot do that. I am over this culture of ha- seeing people who are hungry and thirsting for more, more in- increase, more financial increase, more weight loss, more self-esteem, more whatever. And then people holding ho- down and, and hawking on that and then making people pay outrageous amounts of money, making people pay and to think that the only way to get this level of freedom or next level that God may or may not have for them is to pay and invest in you in order to get the plans for their life. I think that is demonic. I think that that is not of God. And I think that people need to stop. And if you have not noticed, I'm super passionate about it and it upsets me. And I am done being upset. Or am I? No, I am. Because that's another conversation for another day. I'm just so over. People peopling without a purpose. Be careful of what you say to people. Be careful of when you say it to people. Have the discernment of what am I supposed to say. And I pray that I say something that seasons their soul in in due time, in due season. You literally can be coming with the wrong word at the wrong time. And you just were the thing that just made the bomb tick for the last time. You don't know what people are struggling with. You don't know what people are struggling to hold on to. And then here you come just walking down the street singing do I diddy all over someone's lawn. And you don't even realize how long it took for their plant to blossom in the first place. The audacity to just speak without any kind of discernment, the audacity to give your opinion before you prayed about what you was going to say, the audacity to give unsolicited advice when you actually are coming in a form of an anchor to something that someone's already struggling with. That bothers me because if you don't know, moving and adulting and doing what God says takes bravery. And you know why God probably had to tell Joshua, be brave and strong, be brave and courageous so many different times because the boy was probably scared. At best, what he was, according to the Bible, he was Moses's assistant, which means that you probably was the one putting the word out. You probably were the one that were creating processes. You probably was the one that was going ahead and making sure that everybody was accounted for because it was so many of y'all. He, he had a part in the process, but he was never the leader 
So he goes from assistant to the leader um, without no real like warning. It wasn't like he was being trained to like, oh, okay, I'm you training me to be the next VP, vice president. You're training me to take over the company. It was one day he came in to be the assistant and his boss's office was cleared out and it was his name on the front. And it was like, hmm, I'm sorry, that, that J-O-S-H-U-A. Bro, that's my name. <laughs> what happened? Oh, he's dead. God, what you going to do? Oh, me. Very much? Well, very much. Okay. Uh, sir, I don't have the accolade. I I didn't I didn't plan for this. I feel ill prepared. I feel and before he can even speak what he felt because I didn't see anywhere starting off with Joshua 1 that there was a rebuttal on what Joshua felt. It was the chapter starts off with God singing what is going to be everything that I promised Moses is going to come to you mm-hmm. everywhere you put your foot. There it is. Okay, great. Also, these are the things you need to do. I need you to meditate on the word day and night, sir. I'm telling you right now, that's what you need to do. That's how you're going to make sure that everything you put your hand to is successful and prosperous and all the things. Oh, and by the way, keep being brave. Keep being the brave and the strong, be the very strong, be the very courageous. And, uh, yeah, it was like, uh, a real quick, like team meeting in the morning. And then like, yeah, you figure out the rest of the journey, sir. (laughs) I mean, I know you gave me the points. You was like, take them through that, you know, then the map, the map. Like you gave me the door Explorer, but like, sir, my sandals, I don't, should I wear boots? I don't, sir, this it's a lot of question marks, sir. He's like, yeah, that's why I ended with be brave and strong. Because um, wherever you go, I will be there with you. And why would God tell him that? Because it's scary going into new territory that you've never been. You've never been the age that you aren't right now. Yes, that that was a puzzle kind of scene first. You've never been to where you are not right now. You are always going to experience a level of newness. Some of the grandbabies try to control that as much as possible. God bless you, that's between you and the Lord. But there will always be a level of newness. And you know what typically comes with newness? Fear. How do I know? I'm going to tell you. When Joseph told his brothers, guess what? When I get big and strong, y'all going to bow down to me? They were like, not happening, sir. And he sold him. When Pharaoh saw that the Israelites were growing big and strong, he was like, yo, they may, uh try to overthrow like my kingdom and low key, like take over us. Cause they grown in number and they grown in strength. And I don't really like that. So let's make their workload a little bit harder because I don't really know because newness breeds fear. Newness, if not careful, breeds fear. Newness and then add future question marks breeds fear. 
So when people come around and have their bright idea and have their input, and you know, if I were you, I, we need to just go ahead and start asking the Holy Spirit to put the spirit of the choke on some people. As soon as they say, if I were, I pray that they go into a sneeze attack, like not to go in the hospital, just enough to, to you know, their nose to be running and stuff and, and their eyes to be watering and they can't catch their breath because that is the most selfish statement ever. If someone didn't ask you that, please... Uh, gather the spirit of the shut up okay please be the, i need you to be the leader of the ministry of the shut up ministries you can llc you can ink it you i don't know whatever you need to do corp okay shut up corp i whatever you need to do star in it because i don't think that people understand when they enter the chat they don't add value to it and it you know what the scariest part is? Sometimes it's not coming from people from a bad place. People just be entering the chat of your emotions just all willy-nilly like bloop, bloop, bloop. Like, I'm so, bro, you done dropped off fear, <laughs> worry, anxiety, question marks, all these other stuff in this five-minute conversation. And I was already struggling with that. But you didn't even know that because you came fully loaded. Like, this is what I'm finna say. And it, it sometimes comes from a good place. But because they didn't come from a place of godly intent or being led by God to say some things, it comes with a weight. And so I want to read this literally in, in, in real time. Uh, Matthew 16, okay? If anybody should have adapted the spirit of the shut up, it should have been Peter. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know if he didn't know how to spell the shut up. Because it has an A in it. And that's between me and the Lord. But let's just, with the same lens that we've been talking about, let's look at how Peter just enters the chat. Like, but, bruh, did you really? It, I, I can see the heart behind it. But I can also see that you were not led by the Spirit at all to say that. Okay, let's go ahead and do it. Um, Matthew 16, you know I read in the NLT version. Uh, verse 21. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. 22. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. 23. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any one of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? For the son of man will come with his angels in the glory of his father and will judge all people according to their deeds. And I tell you the truth, some standing here right now 
will not die before they see the son of man coming in his kingdom. Pause. Well, that's actually how it ends, but pause anyway. Peter had good intent. He's been rocking with the big homie for three years. So that's 36 of them things. Okay. 36 months, sir. And now you talking about somebody's going to do what to my who do what? <laughs> like, no, they not. And who want it? Let me say something. Peter was like, I got the Tim's and the fitted for whoever want to get it, sir. Like if I could read the scripture, I do sense some New York. I feel like big Petey, like, you know, he's what well, I mean, he's, OG push your P to me. I ain't gonna hold you. He he got the temper like New York. There's a lot of things. I'm really thinking he was Peter from New York. Okay. I just that's how I feel about the Bible. But the fact that it was like, yo, you know how I know it was intimate and it was meaningful. And it wasn't nothing to be boastful, like, yo, I can whoever wanted can get it. I'm ill with the sword and then chucks. Like he wasn't, it wasn't an ego thing. Because the Bible says that after Jesus said what he said in verse 22, but Peter took him to the side. There's a level of intimacy that you like, come here for a minute. Let me holler at you. Again, I said Peter was from New York, straight New York. Like, let me holler at you backstage. You know, Let me pull you into this corner. Like, we always going to find a corner office. Let me pull you in this corner real quick. Come into my office. Let me, like, what you say? No, you're not. And to have the audacity to reprimand Jesus. Because maybe in Peter's heart, he kind of saw a weak side of Jesus. So Jesus, Peter probably went into his Jesus back like, uh-uh, I rebuke that in the name of you. <laughs> you know, I can't say Jesus. In the name of you, that would never happen. And maybe Peter thought at a moment of weakness, he needed to be Jesus' strength. So like, yo, what you saying you need to do? No, you don't. Uh-uh, whoever want, listen, I'm telling you right now, they can get it, sir. What does he say? But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, this will never happen to you. If you think that I left my business to follow you for somebody to disrespect you, they can get these hands with no prayer, sir. If you think that I don't see all these miracles and, and, and you going over here helping people and I'm going to let somebody harm you, they're going to have a nice day, but it's not going to be nice, but it's going to be a day. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go ahead and tell you now. And I can sense the heart behind Peter just really wanting to save his savior, but his savior needed to save him. And in order to do that, Jesus needed to be able to at least understand, but not filter through the understanding at that time. Cause what we don't know until we read later and Jesus was praying in the garden of Gethsemane and he was sweating where it looks like it was drops of blood. Like that's how much he was sweating. He was nervous for Jesus to say later on, you know, God, if you can just take this cup from me, like what we don't know is that Jesus was struggling with some emotions too, but he didn't say that he couldn't say that at that time. But then here comes Peter. I'll try to save you. AKA, you know, if you lean into me saving you, you won't have to feel those emotions that I don't know about. And Jesus knew immediately anything that is trying to soothe me that goes against the plan that God has for me is from Satan. Because immediately he says, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Get away from me, mommy. 
Get away from me, cousin. Get away from me, supervisor. I know that I'm your best person on the team or whatever the case may be, but if it's time for me to elevate and go somewhere else, I'm already nervous about doing something new anyway. The last thing I needed you saying is, you sure you don't want to stay? I, I, get, get thee behind me, Satan. Get away from me. You are a dangerous trap to my emotions. I'm already feeling that. And then here you are trying to cater to it. And you don't even know. I need you to go ahead and get these behind. You think I'm 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 not scared to move out? You think I'm not scared to go ahead and purchase that new big tangible item? You think I'm not nervous about it? And here you come thinking that you're saving me. And what you're actually doing is smothering God's plan for me. I love the fact that Jesus was like, let me tell you why you are a dangerous trap to me. Because the way that you see this, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Because anytime you speak without God leading you or infusing you on what to say, you can only speak by what you see, and that's dangerous. You want to hold on to the Savior. He's trying to save the whole world. You want to protect him from somebody coming ahead and doing what needs to be done so that I can have a relationship with him, Peter, so you're actually being selfish. Now I don't think I like you as much. Hmm, stick my tongue out. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It's like I, I know you think you're doing something good, but ask yourself if I'm, am I interfering with God? Like am I stepping on Stepping on toes that shouldn't be stepped on. Like, what? it will play out so much better if you just let somebody do whatever they felt led to do. E even if you were like, hmm, close your mouth. Make sure that you're giving your tithes and offering to the ministries of the shut up. And then later on say, I'm so proud of you. And I ain't going to hold you. I'm so glad I didn't say what I really wanted to say because I would have been saying something out of emotions and my selfishness because I love you and I want you to stay here. And I would rather you have done A, B, and C so that I can still have whatever A, B, and C, E, F, G, and all these other things. But you know what? I'm so glad that you followed God because I can see the fruit of doing so in your life. I can see God's hand on you. And actually, if I'm honest, me giving my tithes and my offering and my giving and my talents to the ministry of the shut up, you actually ministered to me because uh, that took bravery and that took some stuff that I don't really have. And so to watch you carry it out and see God's hand on you, yeah, you just inspired me. Wouldn't that play out so much differently? We need to be clear when people are distracting us, even if coming from a good place. My challenge to you, what is currently happening and occurring in your life that you may or may not have noticed that someone is distracting you until we had this very conversation? Because sometimes we could look at distraction as the obvious you know, you're trying to study for a test. Somebody's like, hey, you want to come out and do things that shouldn't be done on a school night? Like, it, we know in college and stuff, like, we get that. We know when somebody's like, oh, so how's your, how your little relationship going? You're like, oh, here come, buddy. Listen, you're not going to distract me. But it's different when someone is already aiding to something that you're silently suffering with. 
it's different when it's like, why don't you just stay another year? You don't want to stay another year? Why you want to leave the job now? How come you going to leave in, in this housing market? How come? And what they don't know is like, yo, if I was to unzip, I'm low key suffering. Like I'm weighing those options too, but I can't feed into you because you'll be a trap to me. Get thee behind me, Satan. You're distracting me. You see what I'm saying? All right, listen. Um, I feel like you got what you needed. No, this is good. Because very much read that person was like, oh, had to run to the phone <laughs> because I had something to say. Uh, you know, these conversations are though, right? They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that not the average person's going to have with you. But who your favorite homegirl? You've been on the internets and the webs and stuff um, lately? Oh, really? Have you been on um, www.created2multiply.com? Mm. You see I'm looking at you? Okay. Well, did you at least look at the Patreon, the text and blogging community? Strive in Inspire? Yes, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com backslash drive in inspire. Have you been on it? Oh, no worries. I'm giving you plenty of time because guess what? Uh, you got a website and a Patreon to get to. So I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go. Let's just stare at each other for a minute. Cause Okay, I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go. We talk later. All right, later. <laughs>